Good evening, soon to be morning. Uh, welcome to the Snake River Lib. Um, I wanted to, actually my intent tonight was to be doing the other half of uh, me and uh, doing the view from the rim, but I'll be doing that at another time. Um, I've got just a couple days left uh, before I go off to scout camp, and I'm not sure exactly uh, whether I'll be able to do podcasts and what frequency then. Um, what condition I'm going to be in to be doing that with my work. So, um, let's go, shall we? Um, uh, the world right now, of course, is, uh, uh, we're in a pretty, pretty shady position with, uh, you know, you've got the, the riots with Black Lives Matter. You've got the, the nation of Chaz, uh, going on out there in Seattle, and we're letting this all happen. Um, I was watching Tucker for a little bit, uh, Tucker Carlson a little bit tonight. He's uh, referring to the fact that uh, uh, Black Lives Matter has become a rather powerful political force. And, of course, what makes them even more powerful is the fact that you can't criticize them. And so what you're seeing is what the founders feared most of all, is democracy in action, um, the power of the mob. But that's not what I wanted to talk about. But I just wanted to throw that out there because it's something that's going to be worth watching. Um, polls are showing that you know more people are, have a favorable opinion of, of the mob, uh, Black Lives Matter, than they do of politicians, which is certainly understandable, um, or political parties, which is also understandable. Um, but I would also say that, you know, unlike the parties and unlike politicians, um, Black Lives Matter doesn't doesn't negotiate. They don't they don't uh, try to. Uh, come to any sort of consensus, it's their way or you're racist. And if you're not for them, you're against them. You can't, I mentioned last week about, or last time about moderates, and moderates can't sit on the fence anymore, when that's absolutely true. Uh, there's no, no, no more fence setting for anybody right now. You're either, you're either with the mob or you're against them. And as you're seeing, you're going to see all the people that have tried to tried to sit on the fence now. More often than not, especially if they're politicians, they're going to be joining the mob. Um, what I want to talk about tonight was uh, one of the first decisions that have come down from uh, the Supremes have decreed from on high. Um, in a 6-3 decision, so that's good. Uh, is written by Neil Gorsuch, uh, and so uh, Bostock versus um, oh gee, I can't even remember the name of the county. Um, it's a good one. I mean, well, uh, <laughs> it's in. I can't think of it, and I just had it right there on the tip of my tongue. Uh, it's the LGBT case uh, regarding Title VII of the Civil Rights Act uh, that that they interpreting that where it says it's unlawful uh, to discriminate against an individual because of uh, race, color, religion, sex, or national origin, that sex, it should be interpreted to include um, 
sexual orientation or um, um, sexual identification or, or transgenderism. Um, is that even a word? I'm not even sure. It doesn't matter. So it was a six to three ruling. Um, Gorsuch and Roberts uh, joined the uh, the liberals on the court, uh, leaving um, Alito, Kavanaugh, and Thomas dissenting. And Alito wrote a dissent, which uh, Justice Thomas joined, and then Kavanaugh wrote his own dissent. Um, the dissents, uh, both of them were fairly scathing and fairly lengthy. Um, Justice Alito lived up to his nickname of Scalito, uh, referring to uh, um, the late Justice Scalia in his verbiage and his reasoning. Um, the court tries to be textualist in its opinion written by Gorsuch. However, uh, the fatal flaw in the opinion, well, the, I'm going to get to my opinion in a moment, but uh, um, the, the fatal flaw in the opinion of the court, um, according to the dissent, is the fact that Congress has been, over the last several years, trying to um, make amendments to Title VII to include uh, sexual orientation and uh, transgender uh, um, uh, people. I don't know what the word is on that, so sorry. Um, as part of uh, the protected class. And so the fact that they're trying to do that would lead people to believe that, that a reasonable reading of Title VII would not include um, homosexuality or transgenderism uh, under the term sex. And that's what Alito points out, and actually Kavanaugh points it out as well. They both point out the fact that Congress has should be passing this and not the court, which is so often the case. Now, Phil doesn't have a law degree, and so the, so the lib uh, has to tread very carefully here because he doesn't have a law degree. But I'm going to tend to agree uh, with the great Senator uh, Goldwater of Arizona um, in that Title VII should have been ruled unconstitutional on its face when it was originally passed. And the reason that I say that is because Title VII, um, so let's back up. I'm sorry. Let me back up a minute now. If you remember, the Civil Rights Act was passed to reverse um, a lot of the segregation laws, uh, the Jim Crow laws that had been passed mostly in the South um, uh, after Reconstruction, after the Civil War. And it's very interesting because, you know, Plessy versus Ferguson, which was the separate but equal, which which uh, stood as as the standard until um, Brown versus Board uh, in, I think, 54, 1954. Um, it's very interesting because people have a misunderstanding of Jim Crow laws. In Plessy versus Ferguson, it was uh, um, the the black man was arrested for riding in a white's 
car on the train in Louisiana. And so he was arrested, so he sued. It was a violation of his equal equal protection, due process under the 14th Amendment. Do you know who filed a brief on his behalf? The train owner. Because he felt that the law was unjust. Of course, his motive was more because he had to put extra cars on because of the segregation, but it doesn't matter. People have this idea that business owners loved Jim Crow laws, that they loved having a separate uh, counter for, for blacks and whites, or that they loved excluding, you know, uh, what in some small towns was a significant part of the population from their establishment. Nothing could be further from the truth. These laws were set up by a bunch of racist white supremacists. There's no question. There's no arguing that. Many of them segregationists, of course. Um, These laws were built by them uh, with one purpose, to force at gunpoint the exclusion of blacks. So long we come... um, you know, Brown versus Board essentially ends that, at least from from the government point of view, and that's where it should have stopped. It should have uh, 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 Brown versus Board and the implementation of Brown versus Board should have ended mandated segregation. Period. And that's where it should have stopped. And this is very controversial. Rand Paul, uh, Senator Paul from uh, Kentucky, when he first ran in 2010, got in some hot water because he tended to agree with Goldwater on this, that it's a bridge too far to force private businesses to not discriminate. In fact, what you're doing is you're doing the opposite of Jim Crow. Instead of Jim Crow laws segregate, you know, which segregated and forced it at the at the point of a government gun. Um, what you're doing now is you're taking the government gun and you're saying that if you don't hire that person, then we're going to use the government gun against you. And so it's just the, I mean, it's just a mirror image of Jim Crow. Instead of allowing private business owners uh, to do as they would, to segregate or not segregate, to, to hire or not hire as they would, Title VII says, no, you cannot discriminate based on these categories. And since then, other categories have been added. Age, um, disability, and now, of course, uh, um, the Supreme Court has added uh, sexual orientation and uh, transgender. Now, the the court is very specific to point out that in limited and narrow instances, where a religious aspect, you know, whether the the employment is by a church or other religious institution, that they can continue 
to discriminate as, you know, but it's a very narrow and, and it's really not, it wasn't tested in this case, which actually uh, Bostock was a, uh, is the, the headliner, but actually is a, a compilation of a number of cases put together, three cases. And so, and so there's not actually a, a religious uh, a freedom case here to know when, what, know for sure which way they're going to go. Uh, however, the court did say in their opinion, in the majority opinion, that, that uh, churches and other groups still bear protection from the fir- uh, through not only the First Amendment from, but from the Religious Freedom Act of 1993. Um, and so it remains to be seen uh, if, if a case comes up like that. So let me, let me take my opinion, which I, my opinion is that Title VII is made out of bad cloth and needs to be destroyed. Uh, completely root, rooted out uh, when it comes to private businesses. Government, absolutely. Government should not. And from that point of view, if you were to just take the ruling today uh, and just interpret it for, for government action, etc., I would say that is the correct ruling, even though I do agree with Alito, uh, Thomas, and Kavanaugh that that Congress needs to really start legislating. If they want something, they should just do it instead of being paralyzed. And again, I am going to fault right now Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader. I can say, well, he's done a great job with judges, and perhaps that's correct. But... There you go. I just threw that whole compliment from Mitch away, but rightly so in this case. As some majority leader, he's pretty much just put a stopper to any of the whack job stuff that's come out of the House. And in reality, he would be far better served both in his reelection campaign back in Kentucky as well as the Republican Party nationally. Not that I really care one way or the other about the Republican Party, but the Republican Party would be served far better by giving Pelosi's uh, uh, fantasies, letting them see the light of day, letting them be exposed to sunlight and just like sun, just like vampires in sunlight, um, those ideas will just wither in the court of public opinion. Just like those polls showing that Black Lives Matter is, is so popular, and that Biden has a double-digit lead. But I mentioned that last time in regards to the Bradley effect. Um, I think that people henceforth, especially with the, the tension, racial tensions right now, that people are not going to tell a pollster that they are um, going to support Trump or that they are going to support whatever Republican might be on the ballot wherever they are at. Now, 
I could be completely wrong about that, but we saw quite a bit of that in 2016. Um, you take away California, which I've explained more than once about why California was skewed, but you take out California out of the equation and Trump wins the popular vote. One state can have that kind of impact, especially a state like California. Another thing that can have an impact, too, is, is as all these businesses just pack up out of these big cities, and they will. You know, there's, you know, Black Lives Matter cannot put so much pressure on the midsize and smaller businesses that want to reopen. They can't put so much pressure on them that they're going to open up those shops in those neighborhoods where they're going to get trashed the next time something happens. I mean, things are so out of control right now. There's a, uh, the mayor of Olympia, Washington, you know, she comes out in support of Black Lives Matter, blah, blah, blah. Um, turns out she, you know, while she's out away from her house, her house gets visited by a bunch of vandals who spray paint her house. And now all at once Black Lives Matter is a domestic terrorist. And she doesn't understand why. She doesn't understand it. You have a, a principal in Chicago, a principal of a high school, who, who tells her students that protesting is great and it's awesome and that they should do it, but that they shouldn't loot and that they shouldn't uh, damage property. There's a petition now for her to be removed from her position. In Atlanta, you know, he was the, the Brooks was shot in the back. And, of course, that looks bad. But he had turned around, or he had, uh, you know, had taken a taser from one of the officers and turned around and fired a taser. Don't let anyone fool you. A taser has been used as a lethal weapon. People have been charged, policemen have been charged with killing people by using a taser. Hundreds of people, suspects, have died from a taser. What I don't like most about what's going on with the, the police is that we get to sit here and watch a video from a number of angles. We can slow it down. We can stop a frame. This policeman or these policemen are in a very real situation with seconds. Here's somebody that was passed out in the drive-thru. He wasn't passed out in the parking lot. He was passed out in the drive-thru. They come up and talk to him. They finally get him up. They wake him up after they open the door. They test him, he fails the breathalyzer. They try to handcuff him and he goes berserk. Grabs the officer's taser and starts to run. Turns around, fires the taser, or looks over his shoulder and fires the taser, probably is better said. Policeman fires on him. 
Both those policemen that were there for that call have been fired. The police chief of Atlanta has resigned. Um, kudos, by the way, for the Georgia State Police getting involved to conduct the investigation instead of Atlanta. That was a good call. Whoever made that call, that was the right one to make. Uh, have an independent law enforcement unit. There, that needs to be done more and more and more. I'm not sure murder's to be called for in that case. That's a pretty hard case for murder. I don't think you're going to find a jury, especially with everything going on, that's going to convict of that. Or then again, maybe you're, you're not going to find a, a jury that would acquit, and the officers may take their chances, just like they did with the, the Freddie, Kate, Freddie Gray case in Baltimore, and ask for a bench trial from the judge and hope that the judge will at least uh, rule fairly. It's hard to say. Things are really, really nuts. We've got this Supreme Court case, by the way, like I said, for the record, um, based on past rulings of Title VII, while I do agree with the dissenting opinion, I mean, even the dissenters, even Alito and uh, Alito and Kavanaugh were the writers for the two dissents, and Thomas joined with Alito. All of them never questioned whether or not the people uh, involved were discriminated against. They all conceded that they were. Their problem was the fact that the legislature, the Congress, by the fact that they had tried at various times to pass legislation to amend the Civil Rights Act to include those groups, would lead one to believe that a common reading of the statute would make you think that it does not include sexual discrimination or transgender. Otherwise, why would the, the Congress try to amend the statute? Just a thought. We've still got the DACA ruling to come down, and there's some abortion rulings. Supreme Court also declined to, uh, to hear a few cases, and as I read more about them, that the, the Bostock case was 172 pages long between, between the majority opinion and the two dissenting opinions. So um, that was an interesting but lengthy and... Um, read. I'm kind of glad that I like reading those. Most people don't. Have a great night. Um, heading off to camp right now, and well, and not to, not right now, but in a couple days, and then uh, our first session of camp starts uh, Sunday. So I'm looking forward to that. I will miss um, keeping up on the news. But I'm not going to have time to do that as completely as I do here, except for by staying up late, which I do. What an idiot I am. And so it's the Snake River Lib.
Trust in God and keep your powder dry. Look for a view from the rim. Um, it's not going to be a, it will be a religious one, but not a Latter-day Saint view from the rim. Just uh, let anyone know that's listening. Um, I've been working on it for a little while as far as planning for it. So have a good night or a good morning or wherever you are. And uh, taxation is theft. <laughs>